Hello, and welcome to Saving People, Queering Things, a Supernatural podcast. We were previously known as Driver Picks the Podcast, and the episode you're about to listen to was recorded under that name. Though our name has changed as of season three, our show hasn't changed that much. Our structure and theme-based discussions are the same, and we're so glad you're here. Now, let's get on the road. Hello, and welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast, the show where we talk about ghosts, road trips, and free will through every episode of the TV series Supernatural. Today, we are exploring Season 2, Episode 17, Heart, through the theme of innocence. I'm Abigail, your host, and joining me today is my sister Sam, who shares more than one great quality with Sam Winchester. Thank you for having me back. Thank you for being here. It is now time for our series recap, The Road So Far. John traded his life for Dean and died at the hands of the yellow-eyed demon in the season two premiere. There are more and more special children with weird powers, as well as hunters, some hunters that have been trying to kill them all so they don't quote unquote go dark side. John himself told Dean right before he died that he had to save Sam or else kill him. One of the other special children, Ava, who has visions similar to Sam's, has gone missing. Her fiancé brutally murdered, and Sam and Dean are looking for her, but they have no leads yet. Furthermore, as if there wasn't enough on the Winchester's plate, they are now fully on the radar of the FBI, with an agent, Victor Hendrickson, trying actively to track them down, as he believes they're responsible for a large number of murders, corpse mutilations, and other crimes. That brings us to this episode and to our 30-second recap. My favorite part. I will never not complain about it. I hope you know that. (laughs) It's okay. I only keep your complaints in about 50% of the time. (laughs) Do you actually? (laughs) Oh, come on. It's such a good bit. They usually do keep at least a groan or some some sort of like representation of your true feelings. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) She says, rolling her eyes. Told you. We'll never not. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay. So Sam and Dean are hunting this werewolf they seek this kill and figure out that it's a werewolf and track it down and they think that they found the werewolf's next victim but she turns out to actually be one of the werewolves but she doesn't know it um so they are trying to figure out how to save her and her and sam make this um special connection and it ends up being really sad in the end it does end up being really sad in the end okay I think I'm ready three two one go okay so Dean is super excited this episode because they are hunting a werewolf and he's like we haven't seen a werewolf in a long time and that's super exciting um but it turns out to not be actually that exciting because the werewolf is a girl that Sam has a really really strong connection with and also brings up all of his own feelings about like what if I'm evil and what if I can't control it even made even worse by the fact that she can't remember anything that happens when she's a werewolf. So they think they found a cure. They think they've cured her, but it turns out they haven't. And so she has to ask Sam to kill her and he does. And it's sad. And it's sad. It is now time for us to discuss this episode through our chosen theme. This week, our theme is innocence. And as a content warning, before we get started, this episode deals with some incidents of assault um, and violence, particularly against women. Um, and so we just want a um, content warning that up 
front that that may come into our discussion a little bit. If that is something that you want to avoid, um, we'll try and give a little warning if we're going to go into any any sort of detail um, where I think we're going to be talking mostly pre-surfacey level about the implications of that for this episode and the plot line, but wanted all of our listeners to know that in advance. So innocence, maybe a good place to start with innocence is actually with a definition of it. There's a bunch of different ways that innocence is defined when it comes to like a dictionary definition. The one that I read was the state quality or fact of being innocent of a crime or offense, which if you use the definite, the word in the definition, it's not great. Um, but the concept of like not, not having done a crime or offense. There's also the concept of the lack of corruption or purity in innocence, especially when we talk about children or young people. And there's also innocence kind of being used as a euphemism for purity in the sense of uh, virginity. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a place that you want to start? There is so much in this episode around this theme. Yeah, there's a lot. I think the obvious one is just Madison's innocence in the sense that she like doesn't know anything about monsters right so she's innocent in the sense that she doesn't even have the opportunity to know yes yeah like she's totally in the dark yeah and I think that's something that that like Sam connects with and really I don't want to say feel sorry for but is very empathetic towards towards her because he and he's mentioned this before where he wishes that you know he wasn't made aware of all of the evils in the world. I think that there's this struggle for him when he has to tell her because he doesn't want to have to expose her to that. He's shattering her innocence. Exactly. Yes. And in some ways too, like I was thinking about her innocence in the sense that she doesn't know she was a victim of a mugging that was a werewolf that that bit her so she's innocent in that sense she's a victim and then she's innocent in the sense she that she doesn't have any idea what's happening to her she doesn't she doesn't know she has no control at all when she's a werewolf and she doesn't even remember it's happening so she's I think you know by all accounts we would say she's innocent and then when Sam tells her she tells her that like even though she's innocent in the sense that she isn't choosing this to happen she's not giving she's not like giving into like an urge to kill that she has any control over like she literally has no control over this yeah and when he and then when but when soon as sam tells her what's happening then suddenly she knows and suddenly there is something she can control you know like him shattering her innocence is the only way to protect other people Mm -hmm. but it's also like basically means that she's no longer innocent yeah and then she has a choice to make and she, and then she has like a responsibility mm-hmm. for yeah. the, the things that she's doing, even though she's not choosing to do them. Yeah. It's like the tragedy of her whole story. Yeah. Another place I was really seeing innocence from a different perspective was in Sam. This is only the second time we've seen him kind of make a connection, like a strong connection with like romantic connection or sexual connection with a character. Um, The first being Sarah in near the end of season one, but this is even more significant for Sam. And I thought it was really interesting how, what we know of Sam and his romantic history is like his relationship with Jess 
was based on like her not knowing about the supernatural on him pretending that he was normal because he had left the hunting life. So he had like walked away from it and he built this relationship with Jess that didn't have anything to do with hunting. Jess was like innocent in the same way that Madison was innocent before she knew about the supernatural because she, I mean, we don't know a lot about Jess, but from what we do know of her, she is, she's not someone who's experienced necessarily experienced trauma that we know of. She is really has a really like warm and bright sort of personality she is she's very she's kind of the textbook definition of like an innocent sort of character Mm -hmm. and that's what sam gravitated towards when he left dean and john it's interesting to me in this episode how sam gravitates towards madison who is not even prior to finding out she's a werewolf she's not innocent because like if we think of she i mean she is innocent in the sense that like she's not guilty of something but she, her innocence has been like taken from her in terms of like the way she's experienced the world. Like she mm-hmm. has experienced a violent attack mm-hmm. that has kind of taken away an, any sort of innocence. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting how that's what Sam gravitates towards now, now that Jess is gone, now that he's experienced more trauma. That's a good point. I'm interested to hear what you think of the scenes like with Sam and, and Madison before they realize she's the werewolf like the first the first couple scenes they have together Mm. yeah I did make some notes about that he's really awkward at first and then we see them on the couch laughing together about the show that they're watching and they're cute it's very it's a very cute scene yeah and I think it's nice to see Sam just being able to laugh and have fun because we don't see that from him a lot yeah it almost seems like he's kind of taken back to his like innocent days. Mm, that's really true. Like he hasn't, we haven't seen some of this like awkward flirtatiousness. We saw it a little bit with Sarah and we saw it with Jess, but we haven't seen it. We don't see it very often. He doesn't get the opportunity to just sort of like be a little bit giddy and like a normal, you know, 23 year old. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think he gives himself that opportunity very much. That's also true. Everyone dies. <laughs> he's, he's had a really rough, he's had a really rough go of the last like few months. Yeah. And in terms of like his, like Sam doesn't feel innocent anymore himself as a person. We get the really strong impression that like Sam makes really deep emotional commit like connections with people. Mm-hmm. That like seems to be the case with all of the girls, like the three girls that we've seen him have connections with yeah. so far. Yes. We see that like difference even between the brothers, like Dean seems to have not really, like seems to be pretty happy with being able to have more casual like flings and hookups. And we know he can have more intense emotional connections like with Cassie, but we also see him just a little bit more relaxed with short-term relationships. Whereas with Sam, we see like the only people that he connects with on like sort of like a romantic or sexual chemistry level is like people he's emotionally connecting to. Yes. Yeah. I loved seeing Sam's like playfulness. I loved seeing him sort of taken aback because Sam's so like capable. Him seeming like actually like a little bit of an awkward teenager where he's perched on the couch and he doesn't know what to do. It's really cute. Relatable, a relatable, a relatable situation. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Maybe this is not a funny note, but I thought it was a little funny knowing what we know from later seasons. Um, This is Sam. (laughs) 
Sam has a, a, a type um, in terms of girls and in terms of girls with particularly dark backstories and situations. This is kind of where that really starts. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Which doesn't work out great for him, ever. <laughs> or any of the girls, <laughs> or most most of the girls at least. Not gonna be great to be a, um, that, that should have been your, the spoiler alert, like don't, don't fall for Sam Winchester. It doesn't end well for either of you. Not gonna work for you, poor little Sammy. Yeah. One line I wanted to point out was Madison says, she's talking about the mugging that turns out to actually have been the werewolf attack, but that she remembers as a mugging. Um, and she says, cause she's saying how like after that experience, she, what is she saying in that? She's saying like after that experience, something about like, uh, she realized that she needs to take control of her life or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's why she breaks up with the, the guy. Yes. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. She realizes it's her life. And then she says this line, she says, doesn't every, she kind of like joking, jokingly says to Sam, she's like, doesn't everyone think being the victim of random violence was the best thing that ever happened to them? And I just thought that was like super interesting mm. as a kind of reflection of the show in general, because pretty much everything that happens to the Winchesters is a result of like random violence that doesn't actually turn out to be random. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say on that. I just thought it was interesting. That is interesting. And interesting going along with the kind of theme of innocence, like hunting and like knowing about the supernatural is just like a constant loss of innocence for everyone. Even for like hunters like Sam and Dean, like Dean is excited about a werewolf at the beginning of this episode. And by halfway through the episode, it's no longer exciting that it's a werewolf. No, the, all the, the like lightness of the episode just completely disappears. When did you notice it like actually disappear? What would you say? Hmm. I think it started to turn when they found out that Madison was a werewolf, but I think it just like completely turned once she turned with Sam. Right. Cause it means the cure didn't work. Yeah. And that's the point of no return in this episode. That's the point when like the innocence can't be reclaimed. Like they they spend this whole episode, once they realize that she's the werewolf, they spend like the next chunk of the episode trying to reclaim her innocence Yeah, by like, killing the thing that turned her presumably interestingly there are times earlier in the show and there are times later in the show as well where like some kind of quote-unquote monster will like be like oh no, I'll stop killing like I won't kill anymore and they'll be like that's not good enough we don't trust that you can't go back to being innocent after you've killed a bunch of people but with Madison they're like no if we can cure you you go back to being innocent because you didn't have any control of the situation. Yeah. It's just an interesting contrast in the way they treat Madison to how they treat some other monsters. And I think they, they, Sam was always had that attitude in this episode, but Dean doesn't at first when he gets there. Right. Because at first when they find out, he's like, well, the only option is to kill her. Yeah. They have this whole argument about it. And Sam's very adamant about trying to find a cure. Um, I don't know if this is kind of moving on. Go for it. I noted in that argument that they're having, Sam says, well, maybe I understand her in regards to her being a werewolf, but like not having any control over it and not wanting to be a monster. <laughs> and he makes references to himself and the fact that John, you know, told Dean to 
put a bullet in them. Yeah. Said if you can't save him, you got to kill him. Like Madison, more than anything, is a Sam mirror. Yes. Oh, yes. And he even says that. He says, he says, like, well, why, like, this is the same thing. Why do I get a pass? And Madison doesn't. Yeah. Dean says, she's a sweet girl, but part of her is. And then Sam finishes his sentence, says, part of her is evil. That's what they say about me, Dean. Like, yeah. You won't kill me, but you'll kill her. And this is coming after yeah. like, this is like the fourth Sam mirror that we've had in this season. Like yeah. we just keep getting this. We're just kind of getting this like hammered home that like, if something is evil and can't, con- if something is, is something is evil, but can't control it, you still end up having to kill it. Because almost every time there's been a Sam mirror that's been like maybe evil, it's not ended well. With the exception of like Andy. But even with Andy, like Andy loses the innocence of like, Andy loses innocence and has to kill someone to save someone else's life. So like even Andy has to do a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Like even a few episodes ago in Croatoan, the very distinct parallel that I saw was like Madison begging Sam to kill her, going there's no Mm -hmm. other choice is is almost exactly the same scene that we had between Dean and Sam in Croatoan. Mm. except that in that episode we don't we never get to the point where dean has to do it he waits it out and we know he's not going to do it (laughs) like we know he's not going to do it unless he absolutely has to and then sam ends up actually being cured as opposed to in this episode where madison isn't Mm -hmm. yeah another little note that i made was just the trying to get into sam's head and his emotions I think one of the reasons that he's so incredibly desperate to save Madison is because he he couldn't save Jess. Oh, yeah. He doesn't want this to happen again to this person when he's made a connection with to die again. Yeah. And to die, like, even if it's not directly because of him, but to die, because, like, because he sees it as, like, Jess died because of him. And like, if Madison dies because he couldn't save her, it's the same thing. Yeah. He takes responsibility for that. And we see that. That's just kind of, we see that a lot in him where he really does bear that. He really feels that with everyone that he can't save. Yeah. He feels this huge responsibility, even if there's nothing he can do. Yeah. Like in this episode, there isn't anything he can do. No, they've and he hasn't done anything to cause it like it's really not his fault yeah he's not responsible for her innocence no like what's happening to her doesn't make him like he is innocent in this situation Mm -hmm. he just happens to be in the he just happens to be a hunter who showed up to this scene and has to make this impossible decision another note just on innocence going to dean Mm -hmm. after you know sam takes the gun and says to Dean like this is something I have to do and Dean is like I'll take this one Sammy I'll do this for you because he knows like how hard this is he realizes that and Sam is like no I have to do this and then Dean stays behind and you see the look on his face and you know he as the big brother and this is just a theme as the big brother, he's always trying to protect Sam. Mm-hmm. And he knows that he can't protect Sam's innocence in this moment. And he tries, he tries to kind of say, you know, I can, I can take this one. I can do it. I can carry this. 
I can carry the like actual mm-hmm. guilt of pulling the trigger, but Sam goes like, it doesn't matter. And she asked me to. It's really interesting to watch Dean's progression with innocence because we talked a few episodes ago about how like John kind of made Dean by, by John saying to Dean, you know, you have to save Sam or kill him. He's kind of put the responsibility for Sam's innocence on Dean. And in this episode, Sam takes the responsibility for Madison's innocence on himself. Mm-hmm. Also think it's interesting just as a like, Dean calls him Sammy. Uh, I noticed, I just know, I don't know if you also noticed it. But I noticed that he calls him Sammy a lot in this episode, which always happens. Mm-hmm. It happens in a couple of places. It happens when he's like just joking around. But it also happens mm-hmm. when he it's per, he's particularly empathetic towards Sam's plight and towards like how Sam's feeling. Like that's like when he offers when he offers to be the one to kill Madison, he says, you know, Sammy, I got this one. Yeah. Earlier in the episode, when when she goes missing and when Sam comes and shows up and is like, she's gone, she's turned. He goes, you know, we'll find her, Sammy. Like I, I it's there's like three or four distinct points mm. where. He uses that name, I think, to signify like, you feel responsible for Madison, so I'll feel responsible for you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll take care of you. And part of taking care of you is helping you take care of her. Yeah. It becomes really interesting framing when we only see, we don't see, we don't see Sam pull the trigger. We only see Dean's reaction. Yeah. Like narratively, the thematic stuff there around like, Dean, Sam has begged Dean to kill him if he goes evil mm-hmm. and Dean is like flat out refused. He's refused to do what Sam does for Madison. Yeah. He asks Sam to save her innocence to go like, I cannot be responsible anymore for knowing that I'm hurting people. And Sam honors that. Mm-hmm. But Sam also is wrestling with his own fear of turning dark. And Sam's like, and Dean is like, just consistently saying like, we will save you. That is yeah. the only option. And you're saving your innocence. It cannot mean killing you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of parallels in this episode. I want to make one more note on innocence. That's kind of a bit of a like turn. And then I want to ask you a question before we move to the next segment, unless you have any other notes. No, I think go ahead. Okay. I want to ask a question of you. And that is, the question is about Dean specifically. And it's asking about his flirtatious nature. Is Dean's flirtatious nature, you can answer this in this episode or in general, is it innocent or is it predatory? Because I have an opinion on this based on this episode and a lot of other episodes, but I want to know like from your perspective as someone who's seen the show a little bit less and less recently and just from this episode. That's a good question. I think it's an important one when we're coming to Dean's character. Yeah. You know, Um, and the way that he's flirtatious and the way that he's like has random hookups. But I think it's important to kind of figure out like is, can that be innocent? And is it innocent when it comes to Dean? Or is it something more sinister? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I've never thought about it. Um, I think my like initial like from the outside response would be like it seems very predatory because he's just always flirting and like we said earlier unlike Sam he doesn't make the emotional connections often is that inherently predatory no 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 we just often see him just looking for a hookup right So in that sense, 
it could, I guess, seem a little more predatory because he's just looking to like feed his own needs. Right. And we don't often see what the women in those scenarios that he's flirting with you often, we often don't see whether or not that's entirely consensual. Like sometimes we know it's consensual. We see that, but sometimes we just don't know. We don't have enough information because the show doesn't give us the female perspective, which is a show flaw. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I do think though that he's he's so guarded that I think it is often probably a cover. Yeah, it's a persona. Yeah, it's a persona and it's a, uh, if I don't put my feelings into this, I won't get hurt. Well, because Cassie, because Cassie was one of the times that he did put feelings into, mm-hmm. into a relationship and got hurt. Yeah. It's interesting because I like go back and forth. Like there are definitely scenes where I'm like, the flirting is sometimes it's, aggressive. Yeah, it's aggressive. And sometimes it's also I'm like, that is not a scenario where like flirting is natural. And if she's not into it, you're making her really uncomfortable. And the show's not giving me enough information to tell me if it is. And it's not a situation where like flirting is kind of expected. It's not like a social situation when flirting is expected. At the same time, we also haven't seen, we've seen him objectify women for sure in some really gross ways. We also haven't seen, I'm trying to think back to like what we've seen up to this point. Um, The relationship, the, the hookups he has had have seemed very, consensual they seem to be with women who seem to be into it from the evidence that we do have and a lot of the times it's hard to tell if it's just because the show is not giving the women enough opportunity to say how they feel or if it's just because they're actually enthusiastically into into the flirting so I think like it is hard to draw a straight line between like is it innocent or is it predatory I think my argument would be from like from later stuff that it generally Dean exhibits consent as a part of his sexual life. Mm-hmm. I think we have evidence from later seasons to like back that up, that that is, a, a, that, is, that is the norm for him and that he's not into it if his partner's not into it. Right. But it's, I, I think it'll be a question we'll maybe come back to mm-hmm. um, as we see his relationships kind of play out in later seasons. But I wanted to ask, cause I thought it was kind of connected to the theme of innocence. Yeah. And like whether it can be innocent if you're positioned in a posi- in a place like Dean is where you are a like white young man, mm-hmm. like where you're often the person with more power in a situation like flirting. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Can it be innocent or is it always going to have an element of like walking that line? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I want to keep paying attention to that. I think that's where we'll end our theme discussion unless there's anything else that you want to say I don't think so I think like my big takeaway from this episode in terms of the theme is really just like the complexity of innocence that like it's both really simple and it's really Mm. complicated and it's really like tied up in our relationships so much of the innocence in this episode is about like protecting each other's innocence or what to do when you're not innocent how does that implicate other people and this episode doesn't give us like a really neat and tidy conclusion to what to do with when terrible things happen, but you're still innocent. So we're going to move into our going meta segments where we are tracking lore, the Bechdel test, pop culture, 
and more. First, we have the Bechdel test. Eh, doesn't pass. Once again. Next is our lore check. This is the first episode that actually features werewolves. We've had them referenced in four other episodes, uh, three other episodes in season one, but this is the first time we actually meet a werewolf. Dean says in this episode that it's the first time they've seen a werewolf since, I think he says since they were kids. Mm-hmm. And he's very excited about it because they haven't seen one since they're kids and also because they know how to kill it. Right. So no research, <laughs> no like research. At least no research into how to kill it. Still research in terms of like the local situation, but yeah. What else about werewolves did you notice in this episode in terms of like lore building? Well, they did, they were a little confused about why the werewolf that bit Madison didn't kill her and just decided to turn her because he didn't even know that he was a werewolf. Right, he seemed to also be experiencing what Madison was experiencing, which he didn't know when he was awake. Yes, because when Dean kills him, he comes back too, and he's like, what happened? Yeah. So they're unsure about that. They're also quite confused at the beginning. Like, they really don't believe that Madison doesn't know what's going on. Have they come across, like, surely they know that werewolves turn people as well, or do they not know that? They seem to know quite a bit about werewolves and it doesn't make any sense that you would know a bunch about werewolves and you wouldn't have at least the concept of werewolves being turned because that's also just like, that's that's like mythology in general around werewolves. And like, so even if they didn't know it from their research, they would know it from like legend and myth, which legend and myth in the supernatural universe often turn out to be based on some truth. So it's interesting that they don't have any concept of that. It's also interesting how this show, like the ep- this episode builds werewolves as these people who turn at the full moon, but don't know, necessarily know their werewolves the rest of the time, which is going to be, so just some like lore trivia for us. Supernatural mentions werewolves more than any other monster, even vampires, but across the 15 seasons of Supernatural, uh, werewolves appear 15 times. So this is going to be like a fairly significant recurring type of monster. And werewolves are going to have a really some really interesting connections to the lore, specifically around like whether or not werewolves have the ability to control, whether or not they kill. Like the, the question that they're asking with Madison of like, is there a cure or is there a way to like stop you from killing mm. people? Um, that question is going to come up like pretty much every time a werewolf's gonna come up. Right. Yeah, um, the other lore pieces that they, yeah, you kill them with silver. So silver bullets in this episode. Is there anything else in terms of lore? Anything like you were curious by or like you found interesting about the werewolves? I know you don't watch a lot of like horror, like that's not really your thing. So I'm curious as to like, if there was anything that surprised you about the way they are kind of presenting werewolves. Um, or is like this pretty much kind of what you would expect out of werewolves? That's a good question. Um, no, actually. And I'm not a horror person generally, but when I was younger in my teenage years, I did watch Teen Wolf a lot. Oh yeah. Which is yeah. a show about werewolves. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. Yeah, um, it was really just because of what's his name? Which what's one? Which character? Which character? Oh, Dylan O'Brien. 
Dylan, yeah, really because of Dylan O'Brien, because I mean, I'm super gay, but he's cute. That's fair. So he is cute. Um, you know, but in in there in that show with the werewolves in that show, they change a lot more, like physically change a lot more. Right. Um. So yeah, they Madison like only gets look pains. more like wolves when they change, whereas in this supernatural episode, they it's really just we see Madison's nails grow and then her teeth, but nothing really nothing else changes physically for her so I did kind of think of that when watching that's gonna be kind of was like oh that's interesting that's gonna be interesting to um notice when we get to some other episodes because we yeah that's kind of just the way supernatural does werewolves I think we're gonna see sometimes a little bit more of a physical change but not really dramatically like they're pretty subtle with werewolves in later seasons too if I am remembering right. Yeah. In lore, aren't they more wolf looking? Generally, like- yes. Yeah. Generally they I think in in like lore, in lore and like mythology, there's a, a more more of a distinct transformation. Mm-hmm. Like physically. Supernatural plays this one quite subtle. Yes. Which is I think plays into also the the werewolves not knowing like them not knowing um because people don't see yeah they don't like their clothes or anything and it doesn't like end up you don't end up with like reports of like wolves yeah you get like kind of like well they were bitten presumably by some wild animal but they don't have a distinct because nobody nobody's reporting like even madison you know remembers what happened to her as like a mugging that was kind of weird because she got bit but she doesn't, it's not like she reported that like an animal bit her, like she still thought right. it was a human. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's also interesting, like, um, cause like werewolves in, in a lot of mythology, like live or hunt in packs and we Ooh. don't see that in this episode. Sure. So again, it will be an interesting thing to come back to of like the next time we see werewolves, how have we, are we seeing like a different kind of presentation or are we seeing a lot of similar stuff? Yeah. Yeah, next. Um, so yeah, that's that's our lore check. Ne- is there anything else continuity wise across the show that you wanted to point out before I move on? Not that I can think of now. This is the beginning of Sam's curse- cursed girlfriends. <laughs> which I guess is lore related and lore adjacent yeah next we have uh, story locations so this episode actually takes place in California in San Francisco um yeah they haven't spent a lot of time in California Mm. which I always wonder if is that because I mean obviously it's a big country but that's also got a hit on a home for Sam because they're not, this is obviously not Stanford. It's not that close to Stanford, but it is California. It is going to be probably closer than he's been to right. where his life with Jess was. So next is pop culture. Uh, Dean refers to the werewolf as Cujo, which is a reference to a novel from the 80s. 
again, proving my long-term thesis, which I will rant about in another episode that like Dean reads, which is something stated in the show, but I would like to point out anytime I get an opportunity because Dean makes a cultural reference that relies on him having read books. Uh, We also have a reference to the dog whisperer with Caesar Milan. Um, When Sam is defending Madison, Dean makes a joke and is like, oh, what are you, the dog whisperer? Yeah, (laughs) very topical reference um, for, you know, the uh, like Caesar Milan show, which began in 2004. So, you know, this is 2007, roughly. So we also have a reference to an American werewolf in London from the 80s. We have a reference to The Howling, another werewolf movie. So obviously like Dean is pretty well versed in his werewolf movies because he makes references to several of them. Yeah. That is pretty much all the pop culture. I'm not sure what movie or TV show Sam and Madison were watching because Sam gets super into it, like super invested. And it seems like it must be kind of some sort of like soapy drama. Yeah. Which I think is that just never really shows us. Yeah, we kind of get a shot, but I don't. I think it's a you know ambivalent, like um, unclear on purpose, probably. But mm. if anyone knows, if you're listening and you know what show they're watching, I would love to know because they seem to have a good. Sam gets very invested in it, and if I knew, then I could think about the fact that Sam maybe goes back and watches all of those, <laughs> watches the rest of the show on his own afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's all the pop culture references in this episode. Next, we have our lost canon jar. So this is things that this episode brings up or sets up that it will never return to again in the show. Mm. I don't know that we have anything super distinct in this episode. Most of the werewolf stuff we get is pretty basic and mostly the lore of werewolves in the sh- later on in the show is going to just kind of build on what they've done in this episode not explicitly contradict it yeah so last up here we have our gaydar our gender and sexuality section two notes here first off this is the first time in quite a while that we've had like a sex scene so i think that's just bears noting um, anything particularly that you, anything, you, any, anything like gender or sexuality related that you noticed in this episode? Not really. I mean, I did just notice that like Dean, and this is a, just a pattern with Dean. Um, he gets very excited about Sam getting laid. <laughs> um, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird consistency in these early seasons. Actually, I think that actually, no, not just the early seasons. That's going to continue. It's just not going to be. That continues. Yeah. He tries really hard sometimes. Yeah. Especially when he sees that, like, a person that Sam is interested in that is, like, really sweet and, like, kind Mm -hmm. and that he sees Sam has an emotion. Like, when he sees Sam kind of flustered. Yeah. He gets really, like, excited. He's less overbearing about it in this episode than he was with Sarah. Yes. I think because he realizes how emotional it is for Sam and that it's actually not funny. Well, yeah, because with Sarah, there was no, like, she wasn't wasn't a werewolf. Yeah. They weren't maybe going to have to kill her. Yeah. She has a different tone, you know? 
<laughs> yeah, that whole episode, different tone. <laughs> So the other note I wanted to make is on werewolves um, in the way that they can be seen as a little bit of an analogy for queerness and connections to queerness. Um, This is something that's been talked about a lot in conversations about Harry Potter and Remus Lupin and being bitten by a werewolf or being turned um, that's been simultaneously like weaponized against um queer people Mm -hmm. to say that you know there's something like wrong with you there's something that you know turns you and that it's inherently bad like there's a lot of um interesting metaphorical things going on there it's interesting obviously like with with Madison and also like we're seeing lots of I'm seeing lots of parallels here with Sam who isn't a werewolf but does have this sense of like I'm different and something about me is maybe bad Mm -hmm. and the way that that has often been historically and to this day like weaponized against queer people to say that you know something about you is bad and obviously that's not something that is a good thing in any way but I think one thing I found interesting around reclaiming that concept of like difference Mm. and and instead of seeing it as like this inherently violent thing, but seeing it as, yeah, like that metaphor for the unique experience of like being perceived maybe in a way where everyone assumes you're predatory and you're not necessarily. And that may applies maybe more to, but I think that actually does apply to like a character like Madison who isn't, she isn't inherently violent. She isn't inherently murderous. Yeah but she's instantly perceived that way because of these circumstances. Um, Don't really have a conclusion there. I just wanted to kind of point it out because I'm really interested in seeing where we can see some like kind of interesting queer themes Mm -hmm. and whether or not they're positive or negative. And I think in this scenario, like that connection is more a negative one. Yes. But we will come back to some more of that and I think it's interesting to look at Sam through a little bit of a queer lens because of his experiences of difference and his experiences of difference being related to the way that people are perceiving him because Sam's moral character is extremely upstanding and Sam's sense of self is really strong but everyone around him is telling him that there's something wrong with him right which is a really common experience for queer people and you know it's not true Sam is different, but that's not, uh, you know, he's different because of a lot of things, but that's not inherently a flaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's all, all I have to kind of say on that. Um, if you're listening and you have like more thoughts on that specific element of werewolves or of Sam or of like our analysis there, I would love to keep talking about this with listeners. So send us a voicemail or make a comment on one of our social media. Um, yeah. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well. It's now time for our last segment of the week, and that is picking our episode mixtape. So the song I am going to go with is a, <laughs> I'm going a little on the nose with this one, but, uh, and it's a song that I haven't heard in, hadn't heard in years, but it was, I thought of it because of its title. And then I went and looked up the lyrics and it worked. Uh, it's a song called Innocence and Other Things Lost. It's by Starfield. It's a religious song. It's about this concept it's about the concept of like losing innocence and 
what that means for your faith, what that means for your sense of identity. And I think those themes are really strong in this episode. I'm going to read a lyric from it, but I do recommend you listen to it all the way if you're interested, because I think it fits the theme of this episode well. The line is, uh, revelation, great is your cost. Truth has been gained, but innocence lost. Just thinking about those scenes with Sam and Madison and those conversations, um, the conversation that we had tonight about how when Sam tells her the truth about what's happening, that's the moment when her innocence is really, really lost. And she has the truth. She knows what's really going on, but there's no going back from that moment. That's my contribution to the episode mixtape today. Um, I found two songs. One is Courage by Clay Finison. Yep, talk about having courage to do what you have to do, which fits with Sam in this episode. And then the other song that uh, came to me was Hurt by Johnny Cash. Both of those thematically really work. I think that that Hurt by Johnny Cash, I think it's been in a Supernatural episode before. That is possible. I don't know if they've ever had a Johnny Cash song, but that is possible. Or they've definitely had things with similar kind of sounds and themes. That's the kind of music they like to do. One of the lines in it, though, is what have I become my sweetest friend? Everyone I know goes away in the end. (laughs) That's a little on the nose. Yeah. Supernatural in general and this episode in particular. Is there anything else that you want to share today, Sam? I don't think so. Thank you for being here for your insights. Yeah. Thank you for having me. We'll have you back again soon for the end of this season, I think. Yeah. Wow. That went fast. It really did. So that is the end of our show today. You can listen to Driver Picks the Podcast wherever you get podcasts and follow us on social media for bonus content or to talk to us about the episode. If you want to send in a voicemail with a question or comment, we would love to feature it in a future episode. You can send that in through Spotify or by sending us an email at driverpickstepod at gmail.com. Next week, we will be exploring season two, episode 18, Hollywood Babylon, through the theme of enjoyment. Thank you for coming along for the ride, and we wish you a peaceful road until we meet again. A note to our listeners. This episode was recorded prior to our season three name change, where we went from Driver Picks the Podcast to Saving People, Queering Things. For all of our new social media platforms, visit queeringthingspodcast.com.